Good morning, namaste, hola, bonjour, and marhaban. This is Namya Joshi, your host for the day. Welcome to the 10th episode of the podcast, Each One Teach 10, an amazing world of STEM, an inspiring venture where we'll be discussing that STEM is part of every day for every kid. We all will learn together how to build a STEM culture. So get ready because it's time to hear some words of wisdom from today's featured guest, Mr. Mitch Weisberg, who is the co-founder and director of gamesforedge.org. He is the chief operating officer of 3D Bear. He believes that games are unique learning vehicle that combine high student engagement, learning of both content and 21st century skills and assessment. So how are you doing, Mr. Mitch? I'm great. I'm great. And uh, you've been up for quite a while because we did a webinar last last night here, but it was 4.30 in the morning for you, wasn't it? Uh, yes, Mr. Mitch. I love getting up in the morning early. You can see I'm an early bird because I have a friend. She calls me an early bird and she is like a late night owl because she sleeps late. So we're actually different things. And I have um, a question for you because it seems to me that this is the first podcast that you've done since you won a very prestigious award, isn't it? Uh, Yes, Mr. Mitch. So what was that award? So that is the Pradhan Mantri Rashtra Bal Puraskar. So it is basically a national highest prestigious national award for a child under the age of 18. And that's given to a child who's doing um, very well in various fields like innovation, scholastics, sports, bravery, and many more. So I got in the field of innovation wherein I created educational lessons for students and teachers in Minecraft because I believed and I saw that the students weren't much engaged in the classrooms and they weren't learning the lessons easily. So I started creating them in Minecraft and then I've also trained thousand plus teachers for that. So then I like started to keep on training and as I believe in each one teach 10. So for training people free of cost and creating educational lessons, I got this award and I was blessed enough to meet our prime minister virtually. And how many people apply for this award? How many kids apply? I'm not that idea? sure. Uh, I, I have no idea because but it's, it's uh, thousands. It has to be thousands, right? Yes, probably. And there were thirty-two of us who got the award. So that's an that's an incredible accomplishment. And I just want to make sure that all of your listeners know how what an honor it is and how accomplished you are. Thank you so much, Mr. Mitch. Well, congratulations. Thank you. And Mr. Mitch, we would love to know if you could tell us more about yourself and the work you're doing to our audience. Okay, so um, so I was born August 24th, 1953, and the temperature was about 38 degrees Celsius. Oh, you probably don't want me to begin all the way back then? Should I skip yes, ahead sir. a few days? Yes, sir. Okay, so basically my career has been for 20 years I started and then ran an organization that taught adults how to use computers. And we started back in 1981. 
and the purpose was to teach adults how to use computers in their daily or work lives. And during that process, I learned to teach, to write courses, to teach people how to teach, to teach people how to write courses. And I, we did that for about 20 years. And then in around 1999, it seemed that to me that online learning was going to be replacing instructor-led learning, at least for adults. And I was looking for ways to tap into that, ran into somebody who was starting a, an online learning company. And so I designed a, a learning management system and the first course uh, that ran on that system. And then um, from there started working with publishers on um, advising them how to digitize their content because at that time they were all producing books. Um, and basically that's what I've been doing for the last 20 years is working with people who have, who have digital content and uh, making sure that that content reached the audience that it was supposed to, that people actually learned from it and that they could uh, scale whatever the product was that they had developed. I guess around seven years ago, I was invited by the U.S. Department of Education to take a look at games that were funded um, by the U.S. government. And in looking at those games, it became obvious to me, A, that those games tapped into a completely different type of learning that was incredibly effective. But B, that none of those games were going to succeed in the market because schools just weren't structured to teach that way. And so probably for the last five or six years, I've been working with uh, teachers, administrators, um, independent game developers, government to try to promote the use of play <clears throat> as a way of learning. And um, that's what kind of brought me here. I started a not-for-profit called Games for Ed uh, to, to do that. And we, we ran the not-for-profit for around five or six years. I've been doing webinars primarily focused on innovative ways to teach education in EdChat Interactive. And I'm advising you know, companies, and I've been focusing the last year and a half on one particular company called 3D Bear. And that's how I met you, is through 3D Bear. Yes, Mr. Mitch, and your work is truly, I like appreciate and everything that you've been doing. And I'm sure our audience would do that as well. And like you said, you've been using games for education. I love that because that's what I like to do as well. And um, I know that 3D Bear helps the students to be the masters of their own creative universe because that helped me a lot as I created like the bear, bears dancing, the monkeys dancing, something like that. I, I just love that. I like doing all the things on my own. So why did you come up with this, like with STEM and STEAM, with 3D Bear? Well, I think first of all, um, why did education come up with STEM and STEAM? And let me ask you, you know, why do you think that education has started focusing on STEM and STEAM instead of the different, just the different disciplines? Um, I think this because you see in the classroom, students and teachers, they don't get much properly engaged. So with STEM and STEAM, they just think they're like normal subjects 
first but then when they came up with these ideas and started teaching students practically teaching them using group goldberg machines or teaching them using the edtech things the students started getting a little bit more engaged than like just book reading and rote learning so i think steam and stem were brought so that students could focus more on science technology engineering maths and art but not in a way that we are rote learning but in a way we're doing it practically and understanding each and every thing in a fun way and i think there should be more focus on the art that's why we came from stem to steam i i think we're in 100% agreement that the way we've been trying to teach the different sciences and trying to teach math just wasn't engaging it didn't motivate people to want to learn you don't teach math you don't teach science and have people really interested in it the way people learn science and the way people learn math is by solving problems that they really care about they do science and they do math and in the real world there's no such thing as just biology or just astronomy or just earth science there's these problems that in order to solve them you have to use a, a variety of, of of your skills you have to use some math you have to use a little bit of biology you have to use art you may have to use sound you may have to use music so what we've come up with is stem or steam to be able to teach to have people learn in this much more holistic way by by having them solve problems that they care about and then being able to share their solutions and their logic and iterate with other with other people uh so that they um so that they're really motivated to learn deeply and so then the the next part of your question is why 3D bear and you know 3D bear can be part of that process now the real process of solving the problem is the maybe you might say the design thinking method where you you come up with a problem uh you um you get the background information you need somehow or other you discuss the background information and the problem to come up with certain thoughts about it or hypotheses you then come up with what you're going to do you come up with the reasons why you think that might work and really only then do you use 3D bear 3D bear is a a simple tool um and I'll let me go into simple in a minute but it's a simple tool to allow people to express their ideas about the the solutions that they're coming up with so you use 3D bear you create scenes you create photos you create videos of how you envision that you're going to solve the problem and then you use those photos and those videos to present i mentioned simple um to me you know solutions go through basically four stages there's a, there's there's a simple stage where it's simple only because you don't know enough and you may do things that that don't necessarily work or you do things that don't solve the 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 complete problem or you do things that um you do things out of ignorance and then you quickly get to the point where you realize that you don't really know so things become kind of impossible you can't you can't progress and then you and then you might come up with ways to make sure that that you can do those things but those ways become complicated or complex and only then do you can you come up with something that's simple again 
which is you know kind of the far side of simple or what I would call elegant. And I view 3D Bear as a very elegant solution. It's very simple to use. It's very powerful to allow people to express themselves. Teresa, it's actually elegant, but very powerful because we actually, I'll tell you, as soon as I used it, I just like started using it so much because it is having so many beautiful features, but those beautiful features are actually teaching us at the same time. So that's a good combination. And I wanted to know from you that what do you have to say about how children and adults learn? Because I wanted to know that from you clearly. So I think people talk about children learning and adults learning as if there's this delineation between you're a child, so you learn one way, and you're an adult, so you learn another way. But basically, we're all mammals, and mammals learn best through play. And so when you're playing, when you're not necessarily overly concerned about a particular outcome or being penalized for doing something, and so you can afford to make mistakes, and you can try things and then iterate towards making them better, I think that's how we all learn. Now, there's a big difference between how we learn and teaching. Theoretically, teaching should be what coaches or teachers or educators or trainers do to facilitate people to learn. And we kind of break teaching into, or I, I do, and a few other people do, into three basic types. There's pedagogy, which comes from kind of the teaching children, but a pedagogy means that the teacher is supposed to basically know everything. And so the teacher um, uh, or the educators devise the curriculum and they lead the students through, you're going to be doing this, you're going to be doing this, there may be lecture involved. The next type of teaching is, is something called andragogy, which comes from teaching adults, which is you let the, uh, the people who are learning have some choice choices about how they learn or what they learn. And then to me, you know, the highest level of teaching is something called hudagogy, H-E-U-T, O-G-O-G-Y. And in hudagogy, you're basically letting the learners come up with what they want to learn and how they learn. And then when they need resources, you've got the teachers or the trainers or the experts or the coaches there to provide them with the knowledge, the coaching, the ideas in order to proceed. And to me, that hudagogy is really the highest form of learning. And one of the things that we should be doing in education systems is bringing people up through so that they learn and take ownership of their learning in a hudagogical format. And to me, that's that that's really should be the age, uh, the goal of education is to allow people to become owners of what they learn and how they learn, give them the facilities to do that well. To be honest, Mr. Mitch, I must say that um, beside learning about how we can use 3D Bear and other things, we were actually learning some other concepts as well, which I really never knew about. And that's so good that you're telling us about so many new things and engaging our audience for that. So thank you so much for that. 
And um, I believe that creation is the highest form of learning because when you create, you learn, you innovate, you know about different ways to solve the problem. And in which um, augmented reality plays an important role. So um, I want to know what you wanted to say about that, if you have any views on that thing. Well, why, what makes creation the highest form of learning? Let me put that back to you. In your mind, you said it allows people to create, it allows people to do things. What makes it the highest form of learning in your mind? I believe because, um, uh, I think so, because when we are learning just by reading to the books, maybe you can say that, we're not creating something practically or we are not actually we might do it in, in our minds because the children who have the way to do that, they can do create something in their mind and understand. But we should always focus on the ones who can't. So in that point, we, uh, the practicality of doing things and the way we use using STEM and STEAM, like our school has a STEAM lab. So uh, we go in those labs and we have the way we learn different things practically, but not just growth learning. So in this way, I believe that creation is the highest form of learning because when we create a concept in the mind, maybe because I believe in this fact and I've learned that our mind can just hold about six things at this at a time and then you have to start creating that or penning it down. So when you start creating something from your imagination, from anything you have in your mind, is when you start learning about different concepts which you weren't able to learn before. But when you create that thing, you're able to learn it because you're doing it practically. You're actually pouring it out into your creation. That's what I believe. I, I, think, I think that is spot on. Exactly. Do you find that you learn better when somebody says, I want you to learn this? Or do you find that you learn better when you are involved with choosing what to learn and how to learn it? Oh, I go with the second option when I can decide what to learn and how to learn rather than person telling me what to learn because I can do whatever I want to do. And then that spurs your creativity and it also motivates you to work a lot harder to learn or to accomplish something, right? Yes, Mr. Mitch. So that's exactly why I agree also with you that creation is the highest form of learning. And it's not just us. It's, it's a whole focus of education that was defined by uh, an educator named Bloom who talked about seven different stages of learning with creation as, as the highest form of learning. And, and then the second part of your question was, well, why augmented reality as part of that, and there's there's so many different aspects of augmented reality because you could use augmented reality as an exploration tool, so that you're exploring different aspects of your of your environment using augmented reality, or you can use augmented reality as a creation tool. 3D Bear is primarily about using augmented reality as a creation tool, and if if you're creating you may be held back by your ability to express what you're creating. You may not be a great writer, or you may not be a uh, great uh, video producer, 
or you may not have the artistic skills to be able to express what's in your mind. But with 3D Bear, even if you don't have the artistic skills or the video capabilities, you can tap into a whole library of different things to be able to express what's in your mind vividly using images, photos, and videos. And so I think that's one of the reasons why 3D Bear just taps into that, that highest form of learning and creativity is that the person who's learning is not held back by their lack of skills in certain areas. They're able to express their ideas well. And because they're doing it in a creation form where they've chosen what they want to accomplish and they've chosen the way they want to accomplish it, that person is a lot more motivated to learn and to produce something that's great. Yes, uh, and I was also going through an image that I found, and you also shared that with me. Uh, it was like we create. So when that, um, like when we are studying, many questions might not pop up in our mind. But when mm -hmm. we are creating, there are like so many questions that what can we innovate in this? What can we change? How can we design and how we can problem solve this thing? And that is where the augmented reality comes in, as you shared. So, so many ideas popping up today. I must say that. And I don't know how many times I've said this, but I'm really fond of using 3D Bear. And it's basically a pedagogical model as it helps in developing the foundational skills that may, uh, that long um, have last time, a uh, long time effect on us. And you're an expert in it. So if you could tell our audience about its features and what you've been doing using it and how it has been used in the classrooms. Well, so if you think of any project where you might create a diorama or draw a diagram to illustrate something, so uh, that that's how you could use 3D Bear, but 3D Bear makes the process easier. And it's pretty cool because it's using some advanced technology also with, you know, using augmented reality, which draws upon 3D object files, which is a whole new technology that is going to be increasingly important as, as, as we move forward. So if, if you're thinking about, let's say you're reading a book and you have to, and you want to communicate something about the book to other people, you could write a report on the book or you could create a video using augmented reality, using wherever you are as a as a background or a set for that book. You could create a scene about the book. You could create a scene directly from the book. You could create a scene with the book as a taking off point. Like how would the book be different if it took place today? Or how would the book be different if it took place in this location rather than that, lo that location? You could illustrate a scientific principle. Uh, for example, uh, Last night we had the or we had this, the webinar where we talked about you know 3D Bear and Flipgrid and one of the people in the webinar was somebody who's very active in the space program in in NASA NASA and NASA is landing on land, is landing a rover on Mars. Well, you could visualize what's going to happen with that rover in Mars through augmented reality and you could create a scene right in your classroom or your library or your bedroom 
of this is this is the terrain of Mars. Here's the rover. Here's what's going to happen. And then you could do some twists like, oh, here's a here's an alien that's that saw the rover, or um, or look, here's a cow uh, walking on Mars. Um, so you could use some humor with it. You could you could uh, do riffs on it. You uh, you could create a video. Or you could you could create a photo. Um, you can illustrate math because sometimes it's hard to understand at an early age that multiplication is a rapid form of some types of addition. So I think you yourself uh, may have set up uh, showing how math is related to how multiplication is related to arrays, and arrays is a form of, of addition. But using multiplication may, allows you to solve array-type problems much more rapidly. So you could you could demonstrate math concepts. You could teach people how to read and and recognize words using both images and scenes that that the kids themselves develop. Uh, you can teach people languages because they can develop stories, and then they could develop videos based on those stories in augmented reality, where they're speaking about that scene in both one language and a language that they're looking to learn and so that they're they're learning how to express themselves in, in multiple languages so um those are just a few of the examples i think actually just one more is um we're, what we're playing around with now is building compelling stories where the story brings students or or kids through scene after scene and then in order to get to the next scene they have to solve some problem and they can solve it using augmented reality and show that they solved it using augmented reality and then they go on to the next scene which then elevates the the problem solving to a different level and so the students um they they have their voice they have their choice they're involved with a compelling story um and they're practicing to the point where they can achieve mastery and so we're now developing our first lesson plans using the using storytelling as a medium for learning um, technology, for learning science, and for learning English language arts. That's great. And you talked about like having problems on each page and then solving that. I actually came up something in my mind having maybe riddles on a page and on a slide, and then you answer it and you go to the next one and you get points. Maybe that can be used as well. And, and that's, so, that, that's brilliant. That's exactly what we're thinking too. Yep. Yes. Thank you. And we would love to know that where can we find you online? Um, so I'm Twitter. I, I myself am Weisberg M, W-E-I-S-B-U-R-G-H-M. Um, my uh, email address is Mitch, M-I-T-C-H, at 3dbear.io. Um, you can find 3D Bear at 3dbear.io. Um, I'm on Facebook. You can search for me on Facebook, Mitch Weisberg. Um, I'm probably on, I, I know I'm on other social media also. I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn. So those are some of the different ways you can find me. Thank you so much for that. And before we sign off, uh, any message you would like to give to our audience? Well, I know that these have been really difficult times for an awful lot of people, you know, kids, adults, parents, teachers, 
you know, we've all been isolated and imposed on by this virus. And I think one of the things that happens is that we've all been beating up on ourselves because we haven't been achieving as much as we had in our minds that we wanted to achieve. And I just want to say to everybody, what you're doing is enough and make sure that you take time out for yourself because you are the most important thing in your universe and you have to take care of yourself at the same time that you're taking care of, it, of others. So my message to everybody is take some time out and do something fun. Yes, sir. I truly agree with that because there's nothing above your own happiness and your self-care. So um, what I really talk about, uh, really like about 3D Bear is the opportunity that it gives to add layers of, um, for all the learners to be content creators, to solve real world problems um, like local, global and in the digital, commu- uh, digital communities through augmented reality. And I'm from Generation Z and Alpha are on the way. And it is imperative to talk the language that they understand. So thank you so much, Mr. Mitch, for giving your valuable time to us and talking about your amazing things that you've been doing and the way you've been using 3D Bear. It was a pleasure to speak to you today. And thank you, Miss Namia. It is a, always a pleasure talking with you. And keep on doing what you're doing. Thank you so much, Mr. Mitch. And thank you everyone for listening to this podcast and I'll see you in the next one. Till then, each one, teach 10. Have a nice day.